This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. All right, Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News, is my guest, Baldry's Beat. Hey, Keith. Hey, good morning. Let's start with the hundreds of fires that are burning in British Columbia. Wow. And we're so early in the fire season as well. It's a troubling situation. Well, we were talking, I think, this time last month about this was going to be a record fire season and it is shaping up to be tragically two firefighters oh. have lost their lives including yeah. a 19 year old woman in revelstoke um, yeah. so this is a very dangerous situation we we're going to see a record amount of forest burned yeah. but everyone's still bracing for uh, the interface fires which are the ones that directly affect and threaten and potentially consume communities and we've had those over the years whether it was the Kelowna Mountain Fire, remember, 20 years ago, which you know wiped out entire neighborhoods, uh, the Barrier Fire, uh, we've seen other interface fires through the years, and uh, so far we've seen some communities, uh, we have a large number of evacuations or evacuation alerts, yeah. but so far we haven't seen a town um, seriously impacted to the point of um, peril, but that's perhaps inevitable through the next few weeks. The death of this young woman there is just absolutely tragic and heartbreaking, and it, and it shows how these firefighters are literally putting their lives on the line here as they protect us and they and they fight these fires. We had another firefighter, as, as you mentioned, died on the weekend in the Northwest Territory. So, so it's interesting. Brutal. We're, we're bringing in a record number of, uh, of firefighters from other jurisdictions, internationally and um, nationally. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to have a call out to Wildfire Service today, just what the level of experience is amongst our firefighters. Is you know, are how many of these are you? You have to figure the 19-year-old woman uh, who died likely didn't have a lot of experience. So being that young, and again, it's going to be interesting to see um, what the experience is among a record number of people who needed to be out there fighting fires. Yeah. Yeah, let's listen to Premier David Eby talking about the additional resources that's been put in, into fighting these fires. Uh, we got more international assistance coming, military deployment as well. Here's David Eby. We have contracted additional air uh, resources to be able to fight these fires across the province. And we expect further international uh, firefighters to come on to assist us as well. Thoughts? Yeah, well, if you recall, we sent firefighters to Australia several years ago when they had that horrible wildfire situation there remember the pictures of firefighters literally giving water to koala bears who were begging yeah. for for uh, assistance and now i think australia is probably part of the international mix coming to bc's aid but this is the new reality we talked about it last week i mean california went through literally hell a couple of years ago with its wildfires washington state is going through a, a, a tough uh, time right now with its wildfires the climate change crisis is real, and it's turning these wildfires into not a one-time event. These are these could be the very, very well the makeup of our regular summer, every year. Let's talk about the other uh, story that we, we're focused on this morning, and that is the Surrey policing. Mm-hmm. And again, we we anticipate that this could be a, a crucial week on this file. Do you still anticipate that this could be decision week on this? Well, you, uh, you're in an announcement coming from the province? The buzz around the legislature hallways is Wednesday. 
is yeah. seems to be decision day. I note with interest, probably not a coincidence. Toronto Star has a story out today saying citing sources, and they've got great sources in the in the Trudeau government saying the Trudeau government is about to um, overhaul the RCMP and turn it into a national police agency responsible for national security, terrorism, those types of things, and get it out of municipal policing. And it also says that these talks between Ottawa and the provinces about this move has, have been going on for months, which further, I think, lends credence to the, the view out there amongst many of us who have been covering this, that the BC government's going away from the RCMP in terms of municipal policing in Surrey. And perhaps a broader announcement on Wednesday that goes beyond just Surrey um, and goes to a, a more regional or municipal police force, not the RCMP. So this seems to be a national trend, not confined to Surrey. Let's listen to David Eby on this point. Now, this is the, the clip that really jumped out at a lot of people here. Eby talking about the future of the RCMP in British Columbia. Listen to his choice of language here. Does he tip his hand here about the future of the RCMP in Surrey? Let's listen. Uh, there's a clear direction from the Prime Minister to his public safety minister to start the conversation with premiers. The uh, contract as a whole is up uh, in the early 2030s, uh, and we need to know which direction the federal government is going with contract policing uh, because the current situation is not sustainable for British Columbia. Not sustainable. Not sustainable. Yeah. So EB has read the internal Surrey Municipal Report on this. Everyone had to sign a non-disclosure agreement. And so he has that knowledge, what's in the report, in his, in his brain when he made that statement. And EB is very deliberate in what he... What he says, he does. He's not given to flippant comments. It's everything is very well thought out. So that, to me, again, this is a little tea leaf reading. But to me, yeah. that says if he finds the situation unsustainable in terms of, of RCMP staffing levels, I don't see how they go back to the RCMP in Surrey. Okay. Now that said, I spoke. My first guest on the show this morning is Rob Rothwell. Okay, who's a former su- superintendent with the Vancouver Police Department, and. He has followed this issue very closely. And I always thought that my read of Rob was that he was more pro SPS Mm -hmm. because he comes from a municipal policing background himself. But I asked him this morning, where does he think this is going to go in Surrey? And he kind of surprised me with his his take on it. So let's, let's listen to this and I'll get your thoughts. So this is Rob Rothwell earlier on the show today. If, if, in fact, they can come up with a report that explains how they're going to fulfill Surrey uh, RCMP without pulling from other areas, so not robbing Peter to pay Paul, uh, I think they might be able to force the uh, Soul Gen's hand in approving wow. a transition back to the RCMP. Okay, so yeah, he so thinks it might go the other way. Well, he just talked about not taking forces from personnel from other forces. Yeah. So basically, Farnworth and Evie's language indicates that's not possible, that their read of this is, no. It's, so again, back to Evie's comment. He's seen the Surrey internal report. He's seen other reports. He says the situation is unsustainable. That, to me, suggests he doesn't think you can staff the RCMP in Surrey without taking resources from other jurisdictions. So I think Rob's, I don't agree with his read on this. Okay. What about the cost of this to Surrey taxpayers? Because it seems to me that the strongest hand, the strongest card in Brenda Locke's hand here uh, uh, for keeping the RCMP is her argument that if they're forced to go through with this new police force, this new service, it could cost a ton of money. And she said last week that it could force a 10% property tax increase in Surrey just for policing. Mm-hmm. So 
there would be additional tax increases on top of that for everything else the city's responsible well, for. A lot, a lot so she's numbers, talking about you know these, these huge double-digit tax increases. That, well, a lot of numbers have been thrown around in this, and no one's ever explained the math. Like no one's explained, okay, how do you get to this figure? Let's show us show us the math. Your old math teacher would yeah. tell you, you just can't write a number down. You got to show me how did you get to that number? And no one on either side of the argument has explained the math on this stuff. So again, you can throw numbers around, but until you actually do the the work in the margins, I'm not sure how much of it is real. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail, from accepting payments to managing inventory. Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It's Baldry's Beat. Let's go right to your phone calls here. Chris in North Vancouver. Hi, Chris. Go ahead. So, gentlemen, what I find struggling to understand here is I'm an accountant. I've got a finance background, okay? So why is the Surrey Police Force supposed to be so much more expensive than the RCMP. If we look at it on like a, a per capita basis, are there difference in numbers that people are using? So where's the math so that we can't understand what the numbers are and why is Surrey police more expensive? Yeah, very, very good call. A very good point. That's what I just made before the break. Where's the show us the work of what, when either side comes to their cost estimate rather than just putting a number out there whether it's a total cost or a tax increase, how do you arrive at that figure? And presumably some of that information is contained in the Surrey report, which uh, has yet to be made public and may never be made public. Everyone signed a non-disclosure agreement to read the thing. Um, but perhaps some of, that, some of the answers to that question are in that report. Well, I remember one of the arguments for why the RCMP was a, a better bang for the buck generally, and I heard Brenda Locke make this point last week, was this requirement under municipal police forces generally to have two police officers in, mm-hmm. in one cruiser, mm-hmm. okay? Whereas an, whereas an RCMP officer can go out solo, one officer in a cruiser. So if you're required to have two officers in every car, that would obviously increase your costs. Not necessarily. If you have, the same, if you have for the sake of argument, 500 officers in each deployment, yeah. well putting 500 in two, in two of them in one car doesn't increase costs. It just lessens the, the presence on the ground. Yeah. But it's not a, necessarily a cost factor. Yeah. If you have the same amount of person, it comes down to personnel. If you have uh, not how you deploy them necessarily. So uh, if you put two officers in a car and you want to have the same number of cars as RCMP with one person in a car, that would increase the cost, but just having two people doesn't increase the cost. Yeah, the other thing is, like you said, in terms of like show your work here, like show us show us the math here on, on, on how this breaks down. A lot of this is under that non-disclosure agreement, yes, right? That's, that's my point. <laughs> yeah. We may never see this thing. Yeah, you know, everybody signed a non-disclosure agreement. Presumably, all members of cabinet have signed this thing. Yeah, you know, because again, this is not just a, a Farnworth decision. He's going to run this by his at least a number of cabinet colleagues, sure. and the premier has signed one himself. Yeah, yeah, a lot well, of maybe it's... signing off on this as well. Don't be surprised. If EV's at the announcement as well, I don't think this is just going to be Farmworth. This is going to be a fair number of people to make this announcement. Let's go to Doug on the line in Surrey. Hi, Doug. Go ahead. Hi, Mike and Keith. Yesterday I was over at City Hall. They had a Latino festival there. I was talking to a uh, young Surrey Police Service chap. They had a community contact effort going there. 
And to my way of thinking, Brenda Locke and her bullheaded ego trip uh, wanting the RCMP has left a lot of really good people who have relocated, put their money where their mouth is, and brought their families with them. They've invested a lot of time and effort to come to Surrey to be part of a police force. And they are in an awful lurch because of her bullheadedness. Okay, well, well, I guess we'll find out this week if, yeah. if all the rumors are true. We're going to find out this week which way it's going to go. And again, the tea leave reading seems to suggest going Surrey Police Service. This Toronto story, Toronto Star story out today, says that Trudeau, Trudeau government has been discussing in discussions with provincial premiers and safety ministers for months now about transforming the RCMP into a national police force, getting it out of municipal policing. If that's the case, and I. No reason to well, maybe they, well, you know, one model that's been talked about is would the RCMP stick with rural policing? Yeah. Okay. And then some of the, they would transition away to these policing in large municipalities. And by the way, the Surrey detachment is the largest RCMP detachment in Canada. All signs point to the RCMP getting out of counterattack roadblocks and, yeah. and writing speeding tickets and getting into more national security issues. And like, right. like the FBI. Be like a, again, the Toronto Star cites that as the FBI yeah. model, but you're right. The, yeah. the rural policing is sort of the wrinkle in this. Yeah. Does, does the RCMP retain um, yeah. responsibility for that? Ray and Burnaby. Hi, Ray. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm just cur- curious why Farmers is giving a free pass from a time basis from McCallum announcing the Surrey Police Force four years or five years ago. Yeah. And as well, the starting point for the RCMP versus Surrey Police, you have a municipal financial statements as a starting point. So why isn't the Surrey Police costs given to the public immediately? Well, I mean, I think there'd be, I think we'd be all well served with a lot more, a lot more disclosure and transparency. <laughs> a lot more detail. It's not even clear exactly. And we're not the first person to point this out. So what happens after this? Yeah. Like, what's the next step? So you, if the if the decision is to go back to Surrey Police Services, what happens then? You know, does Brenda Locke uh, launch a court challenge? Does she put roadblocks in front of that? So it's still a pretty murky road. We're still walking down here. I think she was asked about that. Does this end up in a in a huge and costly court battle? And I don't think she is ruled out going to well, court to try and keep the RCMP there. She's given different answers to that question, mm. which suggests that the, there's got a few balls in the air. Yeah. What about the politics of this one now? I mean, does does the NDP really want to be seen as forcing this through if it appears to be over the wishes of a locally duly elected council? There's been some polling done. I mean, you can believe these polls or not that shows that most people in Surrey want to keep the RCMP if you believe some of these polls. Does the NDP uh, really want to be seen there as wielding that hammer, and especially if it triggers higher property taxes? Yeah, no, that's a that's that was, that was a good question. I'm not sure there's necessarily a, a huge political price. I think the overwhelming sentiment in Surrey right now is just make a decision. Yeah, get it done one way or another. I want, want this debate over. Um, but again, even with the decision, does that end end the debate? I don't think so. It's got a minute left here. I've got, I've got the former forest minister coming up next on the show, Doug Donaldson. And I'm really looking forward to talking to him about the wildfire crisis in the province right now. And he's talked a lot about, he's done a lot of, been involved in some of the studies here on what needs to be done in certain terms of better preparation, more resources to manage these fires going forward. What do you think is sort of at the top of the to-do list there? I think he, he's put his finger on it. It's, it's, prep, it's um, proactive yeah. measures. Rather than waiting for the fire season to begin, 
And that was a decision made under his watch. It was to begin action earlier. But one, you can question, has enough been made to get the fuel off the floor, get rid of the dead timber? That takes a lot of of human resources over the course of a year at a time when weather is a barrier to accessing some of these remote areas. So it's, uh, but going forward, I mean, while these wildfires, this is not, again, a one-off. This could be the, the, the new normal, as we like to say, whenever we're discussing climate emergencies.